Hands Off My Podcast is a proud member of DarkCast Network, where the light shines brightest on our indie podcasts. Hola, my beautiful humans. This is Jasmine Castillo. And this is MW. Bringing awareness of murdered and missing indigenous women, girls, two spirits, the LGBTQ community, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander, Black Indigenous people of color. These are their stories. So, welcome to Hands Off, my podcast. Part 2 Angela Green, a mother and a homebody, went missing in 2019. Angela obsessively loved her daughter, but gets into an argument with her. The argument was over her daughter's increased independence. Once the fight reaches the top, Angela asks her daughter to leave the home for the first time. The last time daughter Ellie sees her mom is when she's backing out of the driveway. Through her tears, she watches her mother go back into the house. The circumstances around her disappearance are strange. This case is a missing person, but is being investigated like a homicide. This is Angela's story. Ellie did not return to the family home to spend the night again as being at home gave her a lot of anxiety. She became mildly alarmed when her father suggested putting up pictures of Angela. Jeff wanted to remember the good times with her. All the while this was going on, Ellie had been sharing all her news with her boyfriend's family. They were curious and Ellie fills them in with it on her personal history. Angela's behavior became stronger the closer Ellie got to high school. Things like hoarding and trying to make it so there wasn't a place to sit in the home. Angela would share her daughter's bedroom as well. The boyfriend's family still found Ellie's father behavior at this time extremely strange. Jeff never asked her to go home and didn't try to get her an apartment or a place to stay. What was extremely nerve-wracking is that one week later, Jeff contacts Ellie and says that her mother is gone. According to the news source, Jeff canceled his cell phone line and took on Angela's number as his own. As 4th of July rolled around, the neighbors noticed the Triangle Islands in the neighborhood intersections were not weeded. Angela usually decorated American flags, but only one shows up in the unweeded triangle, and then it stays up longer than usual. July 16th, on the way to play in a frisbee tournament at the local high school in Blue Valley, Jeff texts asking to meet in person. Ellie asks if this was Angela and wants him to call or text instead. The reply was simple yes, and that they needed to meet in person. Ellie agrees to meet late after the game at her boyfriend's house. Around 10 or 11 p.m. on that night, Jeff pulls up to talk to Ellie as Ellie and her boyfriend retrieves a lamp from the car nearby. Jeff says Angela died of a stroke, a phrase that later surprised her as he really used her name, but would say mom. 
As Ellie cried and dropped to the ground with her head in her hands, after hearing the news given to her by her father that her mom had died of a stroke in a mental hospital, Jeff then attempts to hug his daughter, but she said she didn't want him to hug her. Ellie said she crouched in the driveway and went into shock as her world went fuzzy. After her father leaves, her boyfriend gets her inside and she collapsed on the couch, sobbing. Her boyfriend's father comforts Ellie through the night. She later points out that her father didn't get any details and thought it was weird that he was too busy at work to listen to them. During regular family phone calls, Jeff would excuse himself to talk. During this horrific news and event, this made Ellie's boyfriend's family pull her closer into theirs, and they tried to get answers for her. They invited Jeff over for dinner or go out to lunch for the next day, and this would be their first face-to-face -face meeting on July 17th. A lunch with the boyfriend's family was accepted, but awkward. The food served was Ellie's comfort of the time, some grilled cheese and tomato soup. The family was ready for a somber lunch and wanted to comfort Jeff about Angela. But he brushed away any conversation about Angela and gave limited information. It was mentioned by one of the family members that in experience, most people going through the loss of a loved one, they want to talk about their loved one. But Jeff instead preferred to talk about his life in China and work. Family described Jeff as a shy man of few words. There was no autopsy, no funeral plans, no obituary, no examination or explanations. Ellie's boyfriend's family tried to press how important these things would be for her, for Ellie. The meeting ends with Jeff giving his daughter one hug and him leaving. Ellie assumes her father would tell the rest of the family what happened when he was ready. He states that he was very emotional and busy. Months go by. Months go by. And even though Ellie prompts him every couple of weeks to tell the family, he never does. This is also the reason he gave on why there was no funeral or obituary. Jeff does tell Ellie's boyfriend's family that he wanted to write an obituary and look at the medical records, but he never followed through. Ellie did not press her father because she wanted to respect him. Also, she herself was not ready. As time went by, Jeff attended Ellie boyfriend's family events, such as barbecues and holidays, and that family tried to get information out of him, but he divulged nothing. Angela's maternal family did start to notice an absence in phone calls and communications. They were not worried until closer to fall when a family marriage was getting closer. This time was very hard on Ellie, who had never experienced a loss of a family member before. She hadn't even attended a funeral before. This was her worst nightmare come true. Grief, denial, anxiety, and depression followed for a about two blurry months. She lived with her boyfriend's family and took anxiety medications to deal with the lack of sleep. She met with her father every other week for a simple meal. 
She began to pelt her father with non-stop questions until he deflected and shut down. At first, Ellie assumed this was how he dealt with death. Authorizations for cremation supposedly took place during this time frame. Ashes had allegedly been delivered to the family home by a white male in his 40s. Jeff did not have proof of this event taking place, including no proof of ashes. Jeff did go online and buy an urn. The ashes delivery cost about 1500 to 1800 in cash up front. The only evidence of the events is that the police confirmed an urn purchase online, and that was it. Jeff had texted a photo of an urn at one point, and it is a dark red marbled urn with a silver rim. There were cobwebs attached to it. It appears to be the type you can order via Amazon. Ellie said her father handing over a large sum of money like that without questions was unusual. It was his character to be particular over money matters. Even the questions about the mortuary and the cremation were ignored. September of 2019. Jeff asks his daughter to forge an insurance policy. Ellie's signature could pass as her mother's. At the time, he had told his daughter that document was a retirement benefits package. This document is now in police custody. In November 2019, Jeff tells someone from his side of the family that Angela has died at home. And Ellie was unaware of him telling his family this until December of 2020. After hearing the big news, this family member travels to visit them. On December 10th of 2019, a new property was purchased in another part of the state, only an hour west of the family home. This property was supposed to have been given to Ellie and her friends as a place to stay. It is unclear if Ellie takes Jeff up on the offer, but either way, a lot of construction happens at this home. Also in December, Jeff showers his daughter with gifts, shopping, and anything she wanted. This and the house Ellie thinks was a distraction to keep her busy as Jeff would press her for paint color and towel choices. He would also use the home as a way to avoid any difficult questions about Angela. The first Christmas without her mom was sad and lifeless. Angela was usually the one to make Christmas come alive and she would go all out. They went to the paternal family for Christmas, but nobody mentions Angela. Ellie stopped asking questions during the Christmas season. Jeff always looked like he was on the verge of tears. He didn't want to talk about Angela at all, and that was unusual because they used to talk about her a lot. January 2020, a few weeks before New York became a COVID-19 epicenter, Ellie feels grounded and wants to find the truth. Determined to get answers, she sits down and comes up with a plan. She writes a list of yes and no questions like a lawyer would ask her father, avoiding anything emotionally charged. She leaves a list to have him fill out. Jeff said he would fill the list, but he never does. On February 13th, 2020, Ellie decides enough time has passed and she was going to reach out to a maternal family herself. She chooses to call her aunt from New York. It's her first phone call on her own to her aunt, and they've not spoken in three years. Her aunt 
watching TV in the living room when, when Ellie calls. At first, her aunt was happy because she has not heard from the family in eight months. The gaps in the contact time are not unusual because both sisters live in separate lives. Ellie recalls that this emotional call and she spent a long time crying before choking out. Mom died. Her aunt was in shock and confused why Jeff hadn't called her instead. Then she was trying to get up and prepare to fly out because she hadn't realized the death had happened a month prior. I looked at the calendar in the kitchen and it was the 13th, so I asked, how could she die on the 16th? Her aunt asks for proof of her sister's death after she talked with her own daughters. Ellie's aunt urges Ellie to find a death certificate. Jeff had claimed that there was one at some point in time, but never produced it. Her aunt, after hanging up with Ellie, immediately attempts to call her sister, leaving voicemail and texts. Allegedly, Jeff listened to them, clocking every text and call. February 14th. Ellie skips her college classes and drives to Topeka, Kansas Vital Statistics Office. They were not able to find Angela Green's in the system. They did a nationwide search and still nothing. The only document on Angela was available, and that was her marriage certificate to Jeff Green. Quote, my stomach sank, end quote, Ellie Green said. I knew something was very wrong. It was even dug deeper that the Homeland Security, Immigration, and Customs Enforcement investigated they did not find any evidence of her leaving the country. Passport, driver's license, keys, wallet, purse, and money in the bank, all still there, left behind, untouched. February 15th. Ellie confronts her father in the kitchen and asks him, what state did Angela die in? Jeff tells her it was Kansas, and she replies, she knew that wasn't true. At first, Jeff responds in anger, and according to Ellie, his face contorted, saying, Well, how do you know? Once again, Ellie requests a photo of the death certificate, but he does not follow through. This is the last time Ellie will see her father in person until at least December of 2020. She thinks her father had not expected her to be so outspoken. Angela's sister called in a welfare check after the news of the death certificate was not found. Jeff tells police that Angela was alive and that she went out with a friend. Jeff may also said that she went out partying and didn't come back. Ellie finds this lie comically grim, saying, This is a really bad lie. Jeff gives no further details. Again, Ellie points out that her mother was a homebody and didn't go out. Quote, she never left. She never left. Honestly, even to go to the grocery store, she would have had someone like me or dad with her. She didn't go out on her own ever, stated Ellie. He said that she was out partying with friends and would be back later that night. My mom never drank, never smoked, never went to a party. Police call Ellie later to ask her where her mother was, and she tells him that her father told her that her mother died. February 18th. Angela's sister reaches out to Ellie about a wedding invitation. 
Sadly, she told her aunt that her mother had died the year before. The family demanded to see a death certificate. When Ellie went to Topeka and realized one was never given, she called Prairie Village Police Department and filed a missing persons report. Jeff called while she was there with detectives and she put him on speaker and recorded the conversation. Under the show notes, you'll be able to read some of the recorded phone conversations between Ellie and Jeff. In short, Ellie asks her father why he made up the story about the parking lot. Jeff said he didn't want her to think her mother ran off or disappeared, insisted he didn't hurt Angela, and that he wanted to get her mental health help, but also didn't contact any doctors. In the same month of February, the police did arrive at the home again after the welfare check to ask Jeff more questions. He allegedly changed the story from, she'll be back later, the previous night, to, she'll be back this weekend. Again, the police revisited the home of Angela and Jeff, and Jeff answers the door. He then hands them the criminal defense attorney card, then refuses to speak any further. On February 25th, the police asked for help for the case, hopeful for tips. It was estimated after February that Jeff's cell phone records had been investigated by police. There was no useful information found. Ellie said her father often left his cell phone at home anyway. His co-workers had nothing to say. One person mentioned that Jeff said he would be gone for a few days because his in-laws were in town. Except, Angela's parents had not visited the USA since the 2000s, and Angela's father is deceased. Law enforcement checked traffic cameras and surveillance, but since there was a gap in time from 2019 till now, the data is gone. The large payment for the cremation turned out to be a lie and is untraceable. The law enforcement was able to confirm that Jeff purchased an urn online himself. In my opinion, I believe Ellie did the best thing, and she recorded each and every phone conversation with her father, Jeff. M.W. has suggested that the best place to go would be Profiling Evil on YouTube or Fox 4 News, which I did have the links in the show notes. By March 11, 2020, which was a Wednesday, the neighbors now finally identify the official news. They did notice Angela's absence from the unkept yards. Some said they text Ellie for news and some thought Angela had returned to China. These neighbors may have also called in a welfare check, but it is unclear what the time frame for this was. The police issued two search warrants, both in connection to Jeff. A search is made at the family home on Tomahawk Road and a storage property on North Woodland and Northgate. The third property in Lawrence was omitted from the warrants. A judge ruled that there was a big time gap between the disappearance and the home purchase. Yet this home gets searched in December of 2020. The property on North Woodland and Northgate was broadcasted on the news and you can see a small clip of the grounds. The news reports nothing is found. The property is large with big spaces, a small pond, and some wooded areas. This property was a leased property and several companies used it. 
a trucking company, a logistics services. Truckers had stated that their trucks were even searched. There was dives into the water and searching of used boats on the property. The police talked to the neighbors around the Olathe property, which is the one I mentioned, North Woodland and North Gate. They told them that they were looking for the body of Angela Green, then said an older man had killed her. During the search at the family home, Jeff was taken to the police station. The police said he did not speak a word, not to use the restroom, not to ask for water, nothing at all, and the police said it was very strange. At the family home, a silver SUV was taken out of the garage and towed away for testing. Luminol was placed in the windows and the backyard was dug up under the protection of a tent. It's unclear if the cadaver dogs have been brought to the location. After the search warrant was completed, Jeff changed the locks out on the home. Ellie could not access the home even with some of her things still being there. During the search, the police broke down the front door, so Jeff had to replace that as well. Around this time, Jeff becomes more withdrawn and won't allow Ellie at the home unless he's there as well. By June 2020, Ellie prompts her father to look for her mother's black purse and tan wallet and check for notes for her. Ellie says, I made her things and wrote her things, and she would take them with her when she went driving. Jeff says he hasn't gone through everything. During this phone call, Ellie attempts to receive comfort from her father, and it is quickly redirected. Estimated between March and July of 2020, Ellie finally goes public about the situation with a removed Instagram post. The post has now been reinstated. It was a photo of her mother holding an infant Ellie and a long caption explaining what happened. On July 27th, Ellie goes to the news and pleads for leads and tips. The police also ask for help. She is talking with the public media more and her paternal family withdraws more. Ellie takes this hard because it felt like losing more family members. She is interviewed by police about the timeline many times now. By October 30th, 2020, Fox 4 releases texts and recorded phone calls. It helps document the many stories that Jeff has told his daughter. Prairie Village Police said no new developments have happened, no active leads, and no tips. There are, in fact, finding stage. The case is dormant, but not forgotten. On December 1st, 2020, Angela's story is published on Dr. Phil. In it, she outlines that Jeff never refers to Angela as Angela, but always as mom. Never before revealed information was made public that profiling evil had been found. Things about the home and life insurance policy, these tips have been turned into the police and they had permission to share. Ellie collected dirt samples from the Lawrence home and gave them to investigators. They placed the samples in different places and had cadaver dogs search for them. Each time the dogs mark all the samples positive. They turned this tip in as well. And what's even better sweet is that Angela and Ellie used to watch Dr. Field together. December 22nd, 2020. A search of the Lawrence home. The search was through the home and backyard. They said credible tips led them to search the property. 
and the police said they did not find anything. This home has undergone a lot of construction by Jeff and his brother, according to Ellie. They hired a pickup truck with cash, and Jeff took off a few days of work. Ellie worries her mother's body could have been moved. Law enforcement said they questioned co-workers and neighbors, but they didn't know anything. This is a home that had positives from the soil samples collected by Ellie for the Dr. Phil show. This is what finally allows a judge to sign a warrant for a search. This is also the home with the suspicious mound of dirt. January 2021. The same Detective Sergeant Adam Taylor says that the Prairie Village Police has had 150 leads in this case. Between January 9th and February 1st, investigators are waiting on lab results for evidence involved in the disappearance. They are also working with the FBI and the KBI crime labs. They also say that Jeff has not aided the investigation at all. Three total warrants have been issued at the time. On September 10th, a GoFundMe was created with the intent to fund a private investigator for Angela by her family. I will have that link in the show notes. On September 17, 2021, Angela's case is going to court as a civil issue by wrongful death suit against her husband. The civil suit could uncover information that would help build a criminal case in the future. This case is currently under investigation. Jeff Green is not a named suspect or person of interest. The police admit his stories are concerning. If you have any tips on this case, please contact Prairie Village Police Department at 913-642-6868 or the Crime Stoppers Tips Hotline 816-474-8477. I would also like to encourage you to share her story and donate to her GoFundMe to hire a private investigator. Thank you for listening to Hands Off My Podcast. If you are enjoying the podcast and you'd like to support the mission, I do have a Patreon membership that will help the cause and bring more detail on cases and stories from the people of color community. If you yourself has a lost loved one or a story suggestion, please don't hesitate to contact me at email. Handsoffmypodcast at gmail.com And if you are only able to support in another way, please give this podcast a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify and continue to listen to upcoming episodes every Thursday, wherever you listen to your podcast. Dios te bendiga.